0: welcome back to into the book we are diving back into I hate you don't leave me understanding the borderline personality by Gerald J Kreisman MD and Hal Strauss chapter 2 chaos and emptiness all is caprice they love without measure those whom they will soon hate without reason Thomas Sydenham 17th century English physician on hysterics The equivalent of today's borderline personality I sometimes wonder if I'm possessed by the devil says Carrie a social worker in the psychiatric unit of a large hospital I don't understand myself all I know is this borderline personality of mine has forced me into a life where I've cut everyone out so it's very very lonely Carrie was diagnosed with the borderline syndrome after 20 years of therapy, medication, and hospitalizations for a variety of mental and physical illnesses. By then, her medical file resembled a well-worn passport The pages stamped with the numerous psychiatric territories through which she had traveled. For years, I was in and out of hospitals, but I never found a therapist who understood me and knew what I was going through. Carrie's parents were divorced when she was an infant and she was raised by her alcoholic mother until she was nine. A boarding school took care of her for four years after that. When she was 21, overwhelming depression forced her to seek therapy. She was diagnosed and treated for depression at that time. A few years later, her moods began to fluctuate wildly and she was treated for bipolar disorder. Throughout this period, she repeatedly overdosed on medications and cut her wrists many times. I was cutting myself and overdosing on tranquilizers, antidepressants, or whatever drug I happened to be on, she recalls. It had become almost a way of life. In her mid-twenties, she began to have auditory hallucinations and became severely paranoid. At this time, she was hospitalized and diagnosed as schizophrenic. And still later in life, Carrie was hospitalized in a cardiac care unit numerous times for severe chest pains, subsequently recognized to be anxiety-related. She went through periods of binge eating and starvation fasting over a period of several weeks. Her weight would vary by as much as 70 pounds. When she was 32, she was brutally raped by a physician on the staff of the hospital in which she worked. Soon after, she returned to school and was drawn into a sexual relationship with one of her female professors. By the time she was 42, her collection of medical files was filled with almost every diagnosis imaginable including schizophrenia, depression, bipolar disorder, hypochondriasis, anxiety, anorexia neurosa, sexual dysfunction, and post-traumatic stress disorder. Despite her mental and physical problems, Carrie was able to perform her work fairly well. Though she changed jobs frequently, she managed to complete a doctorate in social work. She was even able to teach for a while at a small women's college. Her personal relationships, however, were severely limited. The only relationships I've had with men were ones in which I was sexually abused. A few men have wanted to marry me, but I have a big problem with getting close or being touched. I can't tolerate it. It makes me want to run. I was engaged a couple of times. I had to break the engagements off. It's unrealistic of me to think I could be anybody's wife. As for friends, she says, I'm very self absorbed. I say everything I think, feel, know, or don't know. It's so hard for me to get interested in other people. After more than twenty years of treatment, Carrie's symptoms were finally recognized as BPD. Her dysfunction evolved from ingrained, enduring personality traits, more indicative of a personality or trait disorder than her previously diagnosed transient state illness. The most difficult part of being a borderline personality has been the emptiness, the loneliness, and the intensity of feelings, she says today. The extreme behaviors keep me so confused. At times I don't know what I'm feeling or who I am. A better understanding of Carrie's illness has led to more consistent treatment. Medications have been useful for treating acute symptoms and providing the glue for maintaining a more coherent sense of self at the same time. She has acknowledged the limitations of medications. Her psychiatrist working with her other physicians has helped her to understand the connection between her physical complaints and her anxiety and to avoid unnecessary medical tests, drugs, and surgeries. Psychotherapy has been geared for the long haul, focusing on her dependency and stabilization of her identity and relationships rather than on an endless succession of acute emergencies. Carrie, at 46, has had to learn that an entire set of previous behaviors are no longer acceptable. I don't have the option of cutting myself or overdosing or being hospitalized anymore. I vowed I would live in and deal with the real world. But I'll tell you, it's a frightening place. I'm not sure whether I can do it or whether I want to do it. Borderline, a personality disorder Carrie's journey through this maze of psychiatric and medical symptoms and diagnoses exemplifies the confusion and desperation experienced by individuals afflicted with mental illness and by those who minister to them. Though the specifics of Carrie's case might be considered extreme by some, millions of women, and men, suffer similar problems with relationships, intimacy, depression, and drug abuse. Perhaps if she had been diagnosed earlier and more accurately, she would have been spared some of the pain and loneliness. Though patients with borderline personality suffer a tangle of painful symptoms that severely disrupt their lives, only recently have psychiatrists begun to more fully understand the disorder and treat it effectively. What is a personality disorder? What exactly does borderline border? How is borderline personality similar to and different from other disorders? How does the borderline syndrome fit into the overall schema of psychiatric medicine? These are difficult questions even for the professional particularly in light of the elusive, paradoxical nature of the illness and its curious evolution in psychiatry. One widely accepted model suggests that individual personality is actually a combination of temperament inherited personal characteristics such as impatience, vulnerability to addiction, etc., and character, development values merging from an environment and life experiences. In other words, a nature-nurture mix Temperament characteristics may be correlated with genetic and biological markers, develop early in life, and are perceived as instincts or habits. Character emerges more slowly into adulthood, shaped by encounters in the world. Through the lens of this model, BPD may be viewed as the collage resulting from the collision of genes and environment. BPD is one of ten personality disorders noted in DSM-5. These disorders are distinguished by a cluster of developing traits that become prominent in an individual's behavior. These traits are relatively inflexible and result in maladaptive patterns of perceiving, behaving, and relating to others. In contrast, state disorders such as depression, schizophrenia, anorexia nervosa, chemical dependency, are usually not as enduring as trait disorders. These illnesses are more often time or episode limited, symptoms may emerge suddenly, then be resolved as the patient returns to normal. Many times these illnesses are directly correlated with imbalances in the body's biochemistry and can often be treated with medications which virtually eliminate the symptoms. Symptoms of a personality disorder, on the other hand, tend to be more durable traits and change more gradually, medications are in general less effective. Indeed, though several pharmaceutical companies have tested medicines, there remains no current medication specifically indicated for the treatment of BPD. Psychotherapy is primarily recommended, though other treatments, including medication, may alleviate many symptoms, especially severe agitation or depression. See Chapter 9. In most cases, borderline and other personality disorders are a secondary diagnosis describing the underlying characterological functioning of a patient who exhibits more acute and prominent symptoms of a state disorder. Comparisons to other disorders Because the borderline syndrome often masquerades as a different illness and is often associated with other illnesses. Clinicians often fail to recognize that BPD may be an important component in evaluating a patient. As a result, the borderline patient often becomes like Carrie, a well traveled patient evaluated by multiple hospitals and doctors and accompanied throughout life by an assortment of diagnostic labels. BPD can interact with other disorders in several ways. First, BPD can coexist with state disorders in such a way that borderline pathology is camouflaged. For example, BPD may be submerged in the wake of a more prominent and severe depression. After resolution of the depression with antidepressant medications, borderline characteristics may surface and only then be recognized as the underlying character structure requiring further treatment. Second, BPD may be closely linked and perhaps even contribute to the development of another disorder. For example, The impulsivity, self-destructiveness, and interpersonal difficulties, deflated self-image, and moodiness often exhibited by patients with substance abuse or eating disorders may be more reflective of BPD than the primary disorder. Although it could be argued that chronic abuse of alcohol could eventually alter personality characteristics in such a way that a borderline pattern could evolve secondarily, it seems just as likely that underlying character pathology would develop first and contribute to the development of alcoholism. The question of which is the chicken and which is the egg may be difficult to resolve, but the development of illnesses associated with BPD may represent a kind of psychological vulnerability to stress. Just as certain individuals have genetic and biological dispositions to physical diseases heart attacks, cancer, gastrointestinal disorders, etc., Many have also biologically determined propensities to psychiatric illnesses, particularly when stress is added to an underlying vulnerability to BPD. Thus, under stress, one borderline patient turns to drugs, another develops an eating disorder, and still another becomes severely depressed. Third, BPD may so completely mimic another disorder that the patient may be erroneously diagnosed with schizophrenia, anxiety, bipolar disease, attention deficit hyperactive disorder, or other illnesses. Comparison to Schizophrenia and Psychosis Schizophrenic patients are usually much more severely impaired than borderline patients and less capable of manipulating and relating to others. Both kinds of patients may experience agitated, psychotic episodes. The estimated prevalence of psychosis in BPD, including auditory and visual hallucinations, paranoid delusions, and dissociative experiences, is 20-50%. to In contrast to schizophrenia, psychotic symptoms in BPD are usually less consistent and less pervasive over time, and are usually stress-related. Schizophrenic patients are much more likely to grow accustomed to their hallucinations and delusions and are often less disturbed by them. Although both groups may be destructive and self-mutilating, the borderline patient usually can function more appropriately. Schizophrenic patient is typically emotionally blunted, withdrawn, and much more severely impaired socially. Comparison to affective disorders, depressive and bipolar disorders. About 96% of BPD patients have a mood disorder during their life. Anxiety disorders frequently accompany affective illnesses. Major depression is estimated to affect 71-83% to of borderline patients. Mood swings and racing thoughts are common patient complaints to which the knee-jerk diagnostic response from the clinician is to diagnose depression or bipolar disorder. However, such symptoms are consistent with BPD and even ADHD, both of which are significantly more prevalent than bipolar disorder. Though some have argued that BPD is a form of bipolar disorder, clinical, genetic, and imaging studies distinguish the illness, and the clinical differences between these syndromes are dramatic. For those afflicted with bipolar disorder, episodes of depression or mania represent radical departures in functioning. Mood changes last from days to weeks. Between mood swings, these individuals maintain relatively normal lives and can usually be treated effectively with medications. Borderline patients, in contrast, typically have difficulties in functioning, at least internally, even when not displaying prominent mood swings. When exhibiting hyperactive, self-destructive, or suicidal behaviors, or experiencing wide and rapid mood swings, the borderline individual may appear bipolar. However, BPD mood variations are more transient, lasting hours rather than days or weeks, more unstable, and more often reactive to environmental stimuli. The criteria that most effectively distinguish BPD from bipolar disorder are abandonment fears and identity disturbance. Nevertheless. Both disorders have a 20% overlap in diagnostic frequency. That is to say, 20% of patients with bipolar disorder evidence co occurring BPD, and 20% of patients with BPD also have bipolar disorder. Those patients with both diagnoses have decidedly more severe symptoms and complicated outcomes BPD and ADHD. Individuals with ADHD are subjected to a constant scramble of flashing cognitions. Like borderline patients, they often experience wild mood changes, racing thoughts, impulsivity, anger outbursts, impatience, and low frustration tolerance, have a history of drug or alcohol abuse, self-medicating, and torturous relationships, and are easily bored. Indeed, many borderline personality characteristics correspond to the typical ADHD temperament, such as frequent novelty-seeking, searching for excitement, coupled with low reward dependence, like a concern for immediate consequences. Not surprisingly, several studies have noted correlations between these diagnoses. Some prospective studies have noted that children diagnosed with ADHD frequently develop a personality disorder, especially BPD, as they get older. A Swedish study indicated that individuals with a diagnosis of ADHD were almost 20 times more likely to also have a BPD diagnosis than those not diagnosed with ADHD. Retrospective researchers have determined that adults with a diagnosis of BPD often fit a childhood diagnosis of ADHD. Whether one illness causes the other, whether they frequently travel together, or possibly whether they are merely related manifestations of the same disorder remains for intriguing further investigation. Interestingly, One study demonstrated that treatment of ADHD symptoms also ameliorated BPD symptoms in patients diagnosed with both disorders. BPD and Pain Borderline individuals exhibit paradoxical reactions to pain. Many studies have shown a significantly decreased sensitivity to acute pain, particularly when self-inflicted. However, borderline patients exhibit greater sensitivity to chronic pain. About 30% of patients with chronic pain such as fibromyalgia, arthritis, back pain also appear to suffer from BPD. This pain paradox appears unique in BPD and has not been satisfactorily explained. Some posit that acute pain, especially when self-inflicted, satisfies certain psychological needs for the patient and is associated with changes in electrical brain activity and perhaps quick release of endogenous opioids the body's own narcotics. However, ongoing pain experienced outside the borderline person's control may result in less internal analgesic protection and cause more anxiety. It may also be enlisted to gain more attention and caring responses from others. A study on pain tolerance following knee surgery in borderline patients demonstrated a poorer response and was related to borderline coping mechanisms with ongoing pain. As BPD patients age, they appear to become more sensitive to pain. BPD and somatization disorder. The borderline individual may focus on his physical ills, complaining loudly and dramatically to medical personnel and acquaintances. In order to maintain dependency relationships with them, he may be considered merely a hypochondriac, while the underlying understanding of his problems is completely ignored. Somatization disorder is a condition defined by the patient's multiple physical complaints, including pain, gastric, neurological, and sexual symptoms, unexplained by any known medical condition. In hypochondriasis, the patient is convinced he has a terrible disease despite a medical evaluation that reveals no evidence of one. BPD and dissociative disorders. Dissociative disorders include such phenomena as amnesia or feelings of unreality about oneself or about the environment The most extreme form of dissociation is Dissociative Identity Disorder, DID, previously referred to as multiple personality. Almost 75% of individuals with BPD experience some dissociative phenomena. The prevalence of BPD in those suffering from the most severe form of dissociation, DID, as a primary diagnosis is even greater. Both disorders share common symptoms, impulsivity, anger outbursts, disturbed relationships, severe mood changes a propensity for self-mutilation. There is frequently a childhood history of mistreatment, abuse, or neglect. BPD and Post Traumatic Stress Disorder Post Traumatic Stress Disorder is a complex of symptoms that follows an extraordinarily severe traumatic event, such as a natural disaster or combat. It is characterized by intense fear and emotional re-experiencing of the event, nightmares, irritability, and an exaggerated startle response. Avoidance of associated places or activities and a sense of helplessness. Since both BPD and PTSD have frequently been associated with a history of extreme abuse in childhood and reflect similar symptoms, such as extreme emotional reactions and impulsivity. Some have posited that they are the same illness, although some studies indicate that they may occur together as much as 50% or more of the time. They are distinctly different disorders with different defining criteria. When BPD patients also suffer from PTSD, symptoms are more severe. Female patients particularly are more likely to non-lethally self-injure, especially seeking attention. They are also more likely to suffer from anxiety illnesses, such as panic disorder, obsessive-compulsive disorder, and agoraphobia. PTSD patients with co-occurring different personality disorders do not experience as severe complications. BPD and Associated Personality Disorders Many characteristics of BPD overlap with those of other personality disorders. For example, Dependent Personality Disorder shares with BPD the features of dependency, avoidance of being alone, and strained relationships, but the Dependent Personality lacks the self-destructiveness, anger, and mood swings of a borderline patient. Similarly, those with Schizotypal Personality Disorder exhibit poor relations with others and difficulty in trusting, but are more eccentric and less self-destructive. Often a patient exhibits enough characteristics of two or more personality disorders to warrant diagnoses for each. For example, a patient may demonstrate characteristics that lead to diagnoses of both borderline personality disorder and obsessive-compulsive personality disorder. In previous editions of the DSM, BPD was grouped in a cluster of personality disorders that generally reflect dramatic, emotional, or erratic features. The others in this group are narcissistic, antisocial, and histrionic personality disorders. All of these are more closely related to BPD. Both those with BPD and Narcissistic Personality Disorder display hypersensitivity to criticism. Failures or rejections can participate severe depression. Both can exploit others, but both demand almost constant attention. The person with Narcissistic Personality Disorder, however, usually functions at a higher level He exhibits an inflated sense of self-importance, often camouflaging desperate insecurity, displays disdain for others, and lacks even a semblance of empathy. In contrast, the borderline person has a lower self-esteem and is highly dependent on others' reassurance. She desperately clings to others and is usually more sensitive to their reactions. Like the borderline individual, the person with the antisocial personality disorder exhibits impulsivity, poor tolerance of frustration, and manipulative relationships. Someone with antisocial personality disorder, however, lacks a sense of guilt or conscience. He is more detached and is not purposefully self-destructive. The person with histrionic personality disorder shares with the borderline personality tendencies of attention-seeking, manipulativeness, and shifting emotions. The histrionic personality, however, usually develops more stable roles in relationships. He is usually more flamboyant in speech and manner, and his emotional reactions are exaggerated. Physical attractiveness is a primary concern. One study compared psychological and social functioning in patients with BPD, schizotypal, obsessive compulsive, or avoidant personality disorders, and patients with major depression. Patients with borderline and schizotypal personality disorders were significantly more functionally impaired than those with other personality disorders and those with major depression. BPD and substance abuse. BPD and chemical abuse are frequently associated. Nearly a third of those with a lifetime of diagnosis of substance abuse also fulfill criteria for BPD, and over a lifetime, 50-72% to 72% of BPD patients also use alcohol or other substances. Alcohol or drugs might reflect self-punishing, angry, or impulsive behaviors. A craving for excitement or a mechanism of coping with loneliness. Drug dependency may be a substitute for nurturing social relationships, a familiar, comforting way to stabilize or self-medicate fluctuating moods, or a way to establish some sense of belonging or self-identification. These possible explanations for the appeal of chemical abuse are also some of the defining criteria for BPD. Anorexia bulimia, and BPD Anorexia nervosa and bulimia nervosa have become major health problems in this country, especially among young women. Eating disorders are fueled by a fundamental distaste for one's own body and a general disapproval of of one's identity. The anorexic patient sees herself in absolute black or white extremes, as either obese, which she always feels, or thin, which she feels she never completely achieves. Since she constantly feels out of control, she impulsively utilizes starvation or binging and purging to maintain an illusion of self-control. Patients with anorexia or bulimia are obviously engaged in self-damaging behavior. They usually have a distorted sense of identity and experience feelings of emptiness. The similarity of this pattern to the borderline pattern has led many health professionals to infer a strong connection between the two. In one study, patients with either anorexia or bulimia endorsed feelings of unstable relationships, emptiness, suicidal behavior, and dissociative experiences. BPD symptoms of mood instability, impulsivity, and anger were more closely related to patients with bulimia than to patients with anorexia. Anorexic patients were comparatively more affected by a disturbed sense of identity. The prevalence of BPD in the binge-eating-slash-purging form of anorexia nervosa is 25%. BPD is present in 28% of those suffering with bulimia nervosa. BPD and Compulsive Behaviors Certain compulsive or destructive behaviors may reflect borderline patterns. For example, a compulsive gambler will continue to gamble despite a shortage of funds. He may be seeking a thrill from a world that habitually leaves him bored, restless, and numb. Or the gambling may be an expression of impulsive self-punishment. Shoplifters often steal items they do not need. 50% of bulimic patients exhibit kleptomania, drug use, or promiscuity. When these behaviors are governed by compulsion, they may represent a need to feel or a need to self-inflict pain. Promiscuity often reflects a need for constant love and attention from others in order to hold on to positive feelings about oneself. The borderline individual typically lacks consistent positive self-regard and requires continuous reassurance. A borderline woman lacking in self-esteem may perceive her physical attractiveness as her only asset and may require confrontation of her worth by engaging in frequent sexual encounters. Such involvements avoid the pain of being alone and create artificial relationships she can totally control. Feeling desired can instill a sense of identity. When self-punishment becomes a prominent part of the psychodynamics, humiliation and masochistic perversions may enter the relationships. From this perspective, it is logical to speculate that many prostitutes and pornographic actors and models may harbor borderline pathology. Difficulties with relationships may result in private ritualistic thinking and behaviors, often expressed as obsessions or compulsion. A borderline patient may develop specific phobias as he employs magical thinking to deal with fears. Sexual perversions may evolve as a mechanism to approach intimacy. BPD and Autism Spectrum Disorder. Individuals with ASD experience impairment in forming relationships. Behavior may be unpredictable, including sudden anger outbursts and impulsive self harming actions. There may be difficulty tolerating separations or other changes. In contrast, BPD patients are more reactive to situational stimuli, and more expressive communication is more directed. BPD individuals are more able to respond, although often inappropriately, to environmental sources. ASD patients are more locked into internal stimuli. Appeal of cults Because a person with BPD yearns for direction and acceptance, he may be attracted to strong leaders of disciplined groups. The cult can be very enticing since it provides instant and unconditional acceptance, automatic intimacy, and a paternalistic leader who will be readily idealized. The borderline individual can be very vulnerable to such a black-and-white worldview in which evil is personified by the outside world and good is encompassed within the cult group. BPD and Suicide As many as 70% of BPD patients attempt suicide, and the rate of completed suicide approaches 10%, almost a 1,000 times the rate seen in the general population. In the high-risk group of adolescents and young adults, ages 15 to 29, BPD was diagnosed in a third of suicide cases. Hopelessness, impulsive aggressiveness, major depression, concurrent drug use, and a history of childhood abuse increased the risk. Among the defining borderline criteria in BPD patients, symptoms of identity disturbance, feelings of emptiness, and fears of abandonment are most closely associated with suicide attempts. Although anxiety symptoms are often associated with suicide and other illnesses, Borderline patients who exhibit significant anxiousness are actually less likely to commit suicide. A large California study examined subsequent suicide mortality following presentation to an emergency department with deliberate self-harm or suicidal ideation within one year compared to other patients who consulted the ED. Suicide was over 50 times higher in patients who initially presented with self-harm and over 30 times higher in those who had appeared with suicidal thoughts. Premature death not due to suicide is more than two and a half times more common in borderline patients than in comparison groups. The most common causes of these premature deaths include cardiovascular disease, especially heart attacks, substance related complications such as liver disease, cancer, and accidents. Clinical Definition of Borderline Personality Disorder The current official definition of borderline pathology is contained in the DSM-5 diagnostic criteria. borderline personality disorder. The designation emphasizes descriptive, observable behavior. An alternative model for diagnosis of personality disorders is described in a separate section 3 of DSM-5. The diagnosis of BPD is confirmed when at least five of the following nine criteria are present. Others act upon me therefore I am. Criterion 1 Frantic efforts to avoid real or imagined abandonment. Between the temporary absence of her mother and her extinction, the borderline individual often experiences temporary aloneness as perpetual isolation. As a result, she becomes severely depressed over the real or perceived abandonment by significant others and then enraged at the world, or whoever is handy, for depriving her of this basic fulfillment. Fears of abandonment in someone with BPD can even be measured in the brain. One study utilized positron emission tomography, PET, scanning to demonstrate that women with BPD experienced alterations of blood flow in certain areas of the brain when exposed to memories of abandonment. Particularly when they are alone, borderline patients may lose the sensation of existing, of feeling real. Rather than embracing Descartes' I think, therefore I am, principle of existence, they live by a philosophy closer to others act upon me, therefore I am. The theologian and philosopher Paul Tillich wrote, Loneliness can be conquered only by those who can bear solitude. Because the borderline person finds solitude so difficult to tolerate, she is trapped in a relentless metaphysical loneliness from which the only relief comes in the form of physical presence of others. So she will often rush to singles bars or other crowded haunts, often with disappointing or even violent results. As the 20th century wound to a close, Thousands of singles bars closed down to be replaced briefly by lavish nightclubs geared toward younger clienteles. But both milieus were doomed to extinction by online dating services. In the grips of the Great Recession and saddled by enormous student loan debt, Gen Xers and Millennials could meet hundreds of potential Mr. or Miss rights for the same price as a nightclub bar tab, though the price may turn out to be just as high in terms of disappointment and loneliness. In Marilyn, An Untold Story, Norman Rothson recalled Marilyn Monroe's hatred of being alone. Without people constantly around her, she would fall into a void, endless and terrifying. For most of us, solitude is longed for, cherished, a rare opportunity to reflect on memories and matters important to our well-being, a chance to get back in touch with ourselves, to rediscover who we are. The walls of an empty room are mirrors that double and redouble our sense of ourselves the late John Updike wrote in The Centaur. But the borderline character, with only the weakest sense of self, looks back at only vacant reflections. Solitude recapulates the panic that he experienced as a child when faced with the prospect of abandonment by parents. Who will take care of me? The pain of loneliness can be relieved only by the rescue of a fantasized lover, as expressed in the lyrics of countless love songs. The relentless search for Mr. Slash Miss Wright. Criterion 2. Unstable and intense interpersonal relationships with marked shifts in attitudes toward others, from idealization to devaluation or from clinging dependency to isolation and avoidance. The borderline adult's unstable relationships are directly related to his intolerance of separation and fear of intimacy. He is typically dependent, clinging, and idealizing until the lover, spouse, or friend repels or frustrates these needs with some sort of rejection or indifference. Then he caroms to the other extreme, devaluation, resistance to intimacy, and outright avoidance. A continual tug-of-war develops between the wish to merge and be taken care of, on one hand, and the fear of engulfment, on the other. In BPD, engulfment means the obliteration of separate identity, the loss of autonomy, and a feeling of non-existence. He vacillates between a desire for closeness, to relieve the emptiness and boredom, and a fear of intimacy, which is perceived as the thief of self-confidence and independence. In relationships, these internal feelings are dramatically translated into intense, shifting, manipulative couplings. Someone with BPD often makes unrealistic demands of others, appearing to observers as spoiled. Manipulativeness is manifested through physical complaints and hypochondriasis expressions of weakness and helplessness, provocative actions, and masochistic behaviors. Suicidal threats or gestures are often used to obtain attention and rescue. She may use seduction as a manipulative strategy, even with someone known to be inappropriate or inaccessible, such as a therapist or minister. Though very sensitive to others, the borderline person sometimes lacks true empathy, especially for those closest to him. He may be dismayed to encounter an acquaintance, such as teacher, coworker, or therapist, outside of his usual place of business because it is difficult to conceive of that person as having a separate life. Furthermore, he may not understand or be extremely jealous of his therapist's separate life or even of other patients he may encounter. This borderline empathy paradox reflects the theory that patients with BPD experience heightened sensitivity for social cues but are impaired in integrating this interpersonal information. It has also been observed that borderline patients empathize more with people in distressful or negative situations than with people in positive social situations. This may reflect their greater familiarity with negative emotions and situations. One study examined the effect of intranasal oxytocin on empathy in borderline women. Oxytocin is a hormone that promotes social sensitivity and trust. In the study, borderline women showed an increased positive effect in emotional empathy, feeling another's pain, but not in cognitive empathy, understanding the ramifications of another's pain. Borderline identity lacks object constancy, the ability to understand others as complex human beings who nonetheless can relate in consistent ways. She experiences another on the basis of the current encounter, rather than on a broader-based, consistent series of interactions. Therefore, a constant predictable perception of another person never emerges, as if afflicted with a kind of targeted amnesia, she continues to respond to that person as someone new on each occasion. Because of the borderline individual's inability to see the big picture, to learn from previous mistakes, and to observe patterns in his own behavior, he often repeats destructive relationships. A female with BPD, for example, will typically return to her abusive ex-husband who proceeds to abuse her again. A BPD male frequently couples with similar inappropriate men or women with whom he repeats sadomasochistic affiliations. Since the borderline character's dependency is often disguised as passion, she remains in the destructive relationship. Because I love him. Later, when the relationship disintegrates, one partner can blame the other's pathology. Thus, as is often heard in the therapist's office, my first husband was a borderline. The borderline condition's endless quest is to find a perfect caregiver who will be all-giving and omnipresent. The search often leads to partners with complementary pathology. Both lack insight into their mutual destructiveness. For example, Michelle desperately craves protection and comfort from a man. Amin displays bravura self-assurance. Even though the self-assurance covers his deep insecurity, it fits the bill for Michelle. Just as Michelle needs Amin to be her protective white knight, so Amin needs Michelle to remain helpless and dependent on his beneficence. After a while, both fail to live up to their assigned stereotypes. Amin cannot bear the narcissistic wounds of challenge or failure and begins to cover his frustrations by drinking too much and by physically abusing Michelle. Michelle bristles under his controlling yoke, yet becomes frightened when she sees his weaknesses. The dissatisfactions lead to more provocation and more conflict. Afflicted with self-loathing, the borderline person distrusts other expressions of caring. Like Groucho Marx, he would never belong to a club that would have him as a member. Sam, for example, was a 21-year-old college student whose chief complaint in therapy was, I need a date. An attractive man with serious interpersonal problems, Sam characteristically approached women he deemed inaccessible. However, whenever his overtures were accepted, he immediately devalued the woman as no longer desirable. All of these characteristics make it difficult to achieve meaningful intimacy. As Carey relates, a few men have wanted to marry me, but I have a big problem with getting close or being touched. I can't tolerate it. The borderline self cannot seem to gain enough independence to be dependent in healthy rather than desperate ways. True sharing is sacrificed to a demanding dependency and a desperate need to merge with another person in order to complete one's own identity, a kind of Siamese twins of the soul. And when the relationship is threatened, the borderline person may feel like a piece of herself is ripped away. You complete me, the famous line from the film Jerry Maguire, turns into an elusive goal that is always just out of reach. Who am I? Criterion 3 marked and persistent identity disturbance manifested by an unstable self-image or sense of self. In BPD, there is a lack of constant core sense of identity, just as there is a lack of constant core conceptualization of others. The borderline individual does not accept her own intelligence, attractiveness, or sensitivity as constant traits, but rather as comparative qualities to be continually re-earned and judged against others. She may view herself as intelligent, for example, based solely on the results of a just-administered IQ test. Later that day, when she makes a dumb mistake, she will revert to seeing herself as stupid. She considers herself attractive until she spies a woman whom she feels is prettier than she feels ugly. Surely she envies the self-acceptance of Popeye, who maintains, I AM WHAT I AM! As in her close relationships, the borderline identity becomes mired in a kind of amnesia about herself. The past becomes obfuscated, she is much like the demanding boss who continually asks herself and others. Yeah, so? What have you done for me lately? In BPD, her worthiness is graded on the curve, compared to others, but identity is evaluated in isolation. Who she is, and what she does, today determines her status with little regard to what has come before. She allows herself no laurels on which to rest. Like Sisyphus, she is doomed to roll the boulder repeatedly up the hill, needing to prove herself over and over again. Self-esteem is attained only through impressing others, so pleasing others becomes critical to loving herself. In his book, Marilyn, Norman Mailer describes how Marilyn Monroe's search for identity became her driving force, absorbing all aspects of her life. What an obsession is identity! We search for it because the private sensation when we are in our own identity is that we feel sincere as we speak. We feel real. And this little phenomenon of good feeling conceals an existential mystery as important to psychology as the cogito ergo sum. It is nothing less than that the emotional condition of feeling real is, for whatever reason, so far superior to the feeling of a void in oneself that it can become, for protagonists like Marilyn, a motivation more powerful than the instinct of sex, or the hunger for position or money. Some will give up love or security before they dare to lose the comfort of identity. Later, Marilyn found sustenance in acting, particularly using The Method. Actors in The Method will act out, their technique is designed like psychoanalysis itself, to release emotional lava, and thereby enable the actor to become acquainted with his depths then possess them enough to become possessed by his role. A magical transaction. We think of Marlon Brando in A Streetcar Named Desire. To be possessed by a role is satori, or intuitive illumination, for an actor because one's identity can feel whole so long as one is living in the role. The borderline struggle in establishing a consistent identity is related to a prevailing sense of inauthenticity, a constant sense of faking it, most of us experience this sensation at various times in our lives. When one starts a new job, for example, one tries to exude an air of knowledge and confidence. After one gains experience, the confident becomes increasingly genuine because one has learned the system and no longer needs to fake it. As Kurt Vonnegut wrote in Mother Night, We are what we pretend to be, so we must be careful about what we pretend to be. Or as some phrase it, fake it till you make it. The borderline adult never reaches that point of confidence. He continues to feel like he is faking it and is terrified that he will sooner or later be found out. This is particularly true when he achieves some kind of success and feels misplaced, undeserved. This chronic sense of being a fake or sham probably originates in childhood. As explored in chapter 3, the pre-borderline child often grows up feeling inauthentic due to various environmental circumstances suffering physical or sexual abuse, or being forced to adopt an adult's role while still a child, or to parent his own sick parent. As the other extreme, he may be discouraged from maturing and separating, and may be trapped in a dependent child's role, well past an appropriate time for separation. In all of these situations, the emerging borderline identity never develops a separate sense of self, but he continues to fake a role that is prescribed by someone else, He never chooses an opinion, was how Leo Tolstoy described one of his characters. He just wears whatever happens to be in style. If he fails in the role, he fears he will be punished. If he succeeds, he is sure he will soon be uncovered as a fraud and be humiliated. Unrealistic attempts at achieving a state of perfection are often part of the borderline pattern. For example, a borderline patient with anorexia might try to maintain a constant low weight and become horrified, it varies as little as one found, unaware that this expectation is unrealistic. Perceiving themselves as static rather than in a dynamic state of change, individuals of BPD may view any variation from this inflexible self-image as shattering. Conversely, the borderline adult may search for satisfaction in the opposite direction by frequently changing jobs, careers, goals, friends, and sometimes even gender. By altering external situations and making drastic changes in lifestyle, he hopes to achieve inner contentment. Some instances of so-called midlife crisis or male menopause represent an extreme attempt to ward off fears of mortality or deal with disappointments in life choices. A borderline adolescent may constantly change his clique of friends from jocks to burnouts to brains to geeks, hoping to achieve a sense of belonging and acceptance. Even sexual identity can be a source of confusion in the borderline experience. Cult groups that promise unconditional acceptance, a structured social framework, and a circumscribed identity are powerful attractions for the borderline personality. When the individual's identity and value system merge with the accepting groups, the faction's leader assumes extraordinary power. Keith Rainier, who founded the cult NXIVM. Just a little note here, I don't know if that's how you pronounce that. It's, it's uh, Nixivum, maintained a harem of sex slaves who submitted to branding until his conviction for sex trafficking and other crimes in 2019. The leader's influence may extend to the point where he can induce followers to emulate his actions, even if fatal, as witnessed by the Jonestown Massacre in 1978 the fatal conflict with Branch Davidians in 1993 and the mass suicides of the Heaven's Gate cult in 1997. Aaron, after dropping out of college, attempted to assuage his feelings of aimlessness by joining the Moonies. He left the cult after two years, only to return after two more years of directionless wandering among different cities and jobs. Ten months later, he left the group again, but this time lacking a stable set of goals or comfortable sense of who he was or what he wanted. He attempted suicide. The phenomenon of cluster suicides, especially among teenagers, may reflect weaknesses in identity formation. The national suicide rate rises dramatically after the suicide of a famous person, such as Marilyn Monroe, Kurt Cobain, or Robin Williams. The Same dynamics may operate among adolescents with fragile identity structures. They are susceptible to the suicidal tendencies of the peer group leader or of another suicidal teenage group in the same region. The impulsive character, criterion 4, impulsiveness in at least two areas that are potentially self-destructive, e.g., substance abuse, sexual promiscuity, gambling, reckless driving, shoplifting, excessive spending, or overeating. Borderline behaviors may be sudden and contradictory, since they result from strong momentary feelings, perceptions that represent isolated, unconnected snapshots of experience. The immediacy of the present exists in isolation without the benefit of the experience of the past or the hopefulness of the future. Because historical patterns, consistency, and predictability are unavailable to the borderline experience, similar impulsive mistakes are repeated again and again. Christopher Nolan's 2000 film, Memento, presents metaphorically what the borderline individual faces on a regular basis. Afflicted with short-term memory loss, insurance investigator Leonard Selby must hang polaroids and post-it notes all over his room and even tattoo messages on his body to remind himself of what has happened only hours or minutes before in one car chase scene trying to avenge his wife's murder he cannot remember if he is chasing someone or being chased the film dramatically illustrates the loneliness of a man who constantly feels like i just woke up limited patience and need for immediate gratification may be connected to behaviors that define the bpd criteria Impulsive conflict and rage may emerge from the frustrations of a stormy relationship, criterion 2. Precipitous mood changes, criterion 6. May result in impulsive outbursts, inappropriate outbursts of anger, criterion 8. May develop from a failure to control impulses, self-destructive or self-mutilating behaviors, criterion 5. May result from the borderline individual's severe frustrations. Often, impulsive actions, such as drug and alcohol abuse, serve as defenses against feelings of loneliness and abandonment. MRI studies have demonstrated alterations in blood flow in specific areas of the cortex in borderline patients with high impulsivity scores, compared to circulation in those areas in control subjects. Joyce was a 31-year-old divorced woman who increasingly turned to alcohol after her divorce and her husband's subsequent remarriage. Though attractive and talented, she let her work deteriorate and spent more time at bars. I made a career out of avoiding, she later said. When the pain of being alone and feeling abandoned became too great, she would use alcohol as anesthesia. She would sometimes pick up men and take them home with her. Characteristically, after such alcohol or sexual binges, she would berate herself with guilt and feel deserving of her husband's abandonment. Then the cycle would start again as she required more punishment for her worthlessness. Thus, impulsive self-destructive behaviors became both a means of avoiding pain and a mechanism for inflicting it as expiation for her sins. Self-Destruction Criterion 5 Recurrent suicidal threats, gestures, or behavior or self-mutilating behaviors. Suicidal threats or gestures reflecting both the propensity for overwhelming depression and hopelessness and the knack for manipulating others are prominent features of BPD. Self-harming behavior is both a cry for help and a self-imposed punishment for being bad. As many as 75% of BPD patients have a history of self-mutilation, and the vast majority of those have made at least one suicide attempt. The most common type of self-harm is cutting, but burning, overdosing, reckless risk-taking, self-beating, and other types of self-harm also occur. Often the frequent threats or half-hearted suicide attempts are not a wish to die but rather a way to communicate pain and plea for others to intervene. Unfortunately, when habitually repeated, these suicidal gestures often lead to just the opposite scenario. Others get fed up and stop responding, which may result in progressively more serious attempts. Suicidal behavior is one of the most difficult BPD symptoms for family and therapists to cope with. Addressing it can result in endless unproductive confrontations ignoring it can result in death. Although many of the defining criteria for BPD diminish over time, including self-harming threats, the risk of suicide persists throughout the life cycle. Borderline patients with a childhood history of sexual abuse are 10 times more likely to attempt suicide. BPD is the only medical diagnosis partially defined by self-injuring behavior. Self-mutilation, except when clearly associated with psychosis, is a hallmark of BPD, This behavior may take the form of self-inflicted wounds to the genitals, limbs, or torso. For these borderline patients, the body becomes a roadmap highlighted with a lifetime tour of self-inflicted scars. Razors, scissors, fingernails, and lit cigarettes are some of the more common instruments used. Excessive use of drugs, alcohol, or food can also inflict the damage. Suicide is not the intent of self-mutilation although death can come accidentally if the cut is too deep. The burn too intense, the self-injury too extreme. Often, self-mutilation begins as an impulsive, self-punishing action, but over time it may become a studied, ritualistic procedure. In such instances, the borderline patient may carefully scar the body areas that are covered by clothing, which illustrates his intense ambivalence. He feels compelled to flamboyantly self-punish, yet he carefully conceals the evidence of his tribulation. Though many people get tattoos for decorative reasons, on a societal level, the increasing fascination with tattoos and piercings over the past three decades may be less a fashion trend than a reflection of borderline tendencies in society. Sometimes the desperate need to fit in may stimulate a person with BPD, usually an adolescent, to copycat, cutting, or to carve words or names in her skin. Jennifer see chapter One, would fulfill her need to inflict self-pain by scratching her wrists, abdomen and waist, leaving her deep fingernail marks that could easily be covered. Sometimes the self-punishment is more indirect. The borderline person may claim to be the victim of a string of accidents, or may provoke frequent fights in which he feels less directly responsible. Circumstances or others provide the violence for him. When Carlos, for example, broke up with his girlfriend, he blamed his parents. They had not been supportive enough or friendly enough, he thought. And when she ended the affair after six years, he was forlorn. At 28, he continued to live in an apartment paid for by his parents and worked sporadically in his father's office. Earlier in his life, he had attempted suicide but decided he wouldn't give his parents the satisfaction of killing himself. Instead, he engaged in increasingly dangerous behaviors. He had numerous automobile accidents, some while intoxicated, and continued to drive despite the revocation of his driver's license. He frequented bars where he sometimes picked fights with much bigger men. Carlos recognized the destructiveness of behavior and sometimes wished that, one of these times, I would just die. These dramatic self-destructive behaviors and threats may be explained in several ways. The self-inflicted pain may reflect the need to feel to escape an encapsulating numbness. Those with BPD form a kind of insulating bubble that not only protects them from emotional hurt but also serves as a barrier from the sensations of reality. The experience of pain, then, becomes an important link to existence. Often, however, the inflicted pain is not strong enough to transcend this barrier, though blood and scars may be fascinating to observe, in which case the frustration may compel him to increase the number of attempts to induce pain or the amount of pain self-inflicted. Self-induced pain can also function as a distraction from other forms of suffering, one patient, when feeling lonely or afraid, would cut different parts of her body as a way to take my mind off, the loneliness. Another would bang her head in the throes of stress-related migraine headaches. Relief of inner tension may be the most common reason for self-harming. can also serve as an expiation for sin. One man, guilt-ridden after the breakup of his marriage, for which he totally blamed himself, would repeatedly drink gin, a taste he abhorred until reaching the point of retching. Only after enduring this discomfort and humiliation would he feel redeemed and able to return to his usual routine. Painful self-destructive behavior may be employed in an attempt to construct actions that are felt to be dangerously out of control. One adolescent boy cut his hands and penis to dissuade himself from masturbation, an act he considered loathsome. He hoped that the memory of the pain would prevent him from further indulging in this repugnant behavior. Impulsive self-destructive acts or threats may result from a wish to punish another person, often a close relation. One woman persistently described in great detail her promiscuous behavior, often involving degrading masochistic rituals, to her boyfriend. These affairs invariably occurred when she was angry and wanted to punish him. Finally, self-destructive behavior can evolve from a manipulative need for sympathy or rescue One woman, after arguments with her boyfriend, repeatedly slashed her wrists in his presence, forcing him to secure medical assistance for her. Many with BPD deny feeling pain during self-mutilation, and even report a calm euphoria after it. Before hurting themselves, they may experience great tension, anger, or overwhelming sadness. Afterward, there is a sensation of discharge and relief from anxiety, like the relief that occurs when one is building a higher and higher tower of blocks, that eventually teeters and collapses. This relief may result from psychological or physiological factors or a combination of both. Physicians have long recognized that following severe physical trauma, such as battle wounds, the patient may experience an unexpected calm and a kind of natural anesthesia, despite the lack of medical attention. Some have noted that during such times, the body releases biological substance called endorphins. The body's internal opiate drugs, like morphine or heroin, which serve as the organism's self-treatment of pain. When exposed to controlled pain experiences, BPD patients exhibit differences in brain circuit connectivity as measured by an MRI. These affected brain regions are associated with cognitive and emotional perceptions of pain. Radical mood shifts. Criterion six, affective instability due to marked reactivity of mood with severe episodic shifts to depression, irritability, or anxiety, usually lasting a few hours and only rarely more than a few days. The borderline individual undergoes abrupt and extreme mood shifts, lasting for short periods, usually hours. His base mood is not usually calm and controlled, but more often hyperactive and irrepressible or pessimistic, cynical, and depressed. These mood shifts are usually responses to the immediate situation and may be way out of proportion to the circumstances. Audrey was giddy with excitement as she flooded Owen with kisses after he surprised her with flowers he bought on the way home from work. As he washed up for dinner, Audrey took a call from her mother, who again berated her for not calling to ask about her constant body aches. By the time Owen returned from the bathroom, Audrey had mutated into a raging shrew, screaming at him for not helping with dinner. He could only sit there, stunned and perplexed at the transformation. Justin was rushed to the emergency room by his girlfriend, After increasing expressions of desperation and intention to overdose, on admission to the psychiatric unit, he tearfully expressed his hopelessness and persistent wishes to die to the nurse, sobbing uncontrollably. Yet literally minutes later, he was spied laughing and joking with his new roommate. Always half empty. Criterion 7. Chronic feelings of emptiness. Lacking a core sense of identity, individuals with BPD commonly experience a painful loneliness that motivates them to search for ways to fill up holes. At other times they may simply withdraw and resist seeking help. The painful, almost physical sensation is lamented by Shakespeare's Hamlet. I have of late, but wherefore I know not, Lost all my mirth, Forgone all custom of exercises, And indeed it goes so heavily with my disposition, that this goodly frame, the earth, seems to me a sterile promontory. Tolstoy defined boredom as the desire for desires. In this context, it can be seen that the borderline search for a way to relieve the boredom often results in impulsive ventures into destructive acts and disappointing relationships. In many ways, the borderline character seeks out a new relationship or experience, not for its positive aspects, but as an escape from the feeling of emptiness acting out the existential destinies of characters described by Sartre, Camus, and other philosophers. The borderline person frequently endures a kind of existential angst, which can be a major obstacle in treatment, for it saps the motivational energy to get well. From this feeling state radiate many of the other features of BPD. Suicide may appear to be the only rational response to a perpetual state of emptiness. The need to fill the void or relieve the boredom can lead to outbursts of anger and self-damaging impulsiveness, especially drug abuse. Relationships may be impaired, a stable sense of self cannot be established in an empty shell, and mood instability may result from the feelings of loneliness. Indeed, depression and feelings of emptiness often reinforce each other. Raging Bull Criterion 8 Inappropriate, intense anger or lack of control of anger, e.g., Frequent displays of temper, constant anger, recurrent physical fights. Along with affective instability, anger is a persistent symptom of BPD over time. Outbursts of rage are as unpredictable as they are frightening. Violent scenes are disproportionate to the frustrations that trigger them. Domestic fracases that may involve chases with butcher knives and thrown dishes are typical of borderline rage. The anger may be sparked by a particular and often trivial offense. But underneath the spark lies an arsenal of fear from the threat of disappointment and abandonment. After a disagreement over a trivial remark about their contrasting painting styles, Vincent Van Gogh picked up a butcher knife and chased his good friend Paul Gauguin around his house and out the door. He then turned his rage on himself using the same knife to slice off a section of his ear. The rage so intense and so near the surface is often directed at those close to the BPD person. Spouse, children, parents. Borderline anger may represent a cry for help, a testing of devotion, or a fear of intimacy. Whatever the underlying factors, it pushes away those whom he needs most. The spouse, friend, lover, or family member who sticks around despite these assaults may be very patient and understanding, or sometimes very disturbed himself. In the face of these eruptions, empathy is difficult, and the relation must draw on every resource at hand in order to cope. See chapter 5. This rage often carries over to the therapeutic setting where psychiatrists and other mental health professionals become the target. Carrie, for example, often raged against her therapist, constantly looking for ways to test his commitment to stay with her in therapy. At times she would storm out of her therapist's office and command the secretary to cancel her future appointments. Then she would call back the next day and ask to reschedule. The secretary soon learned to postpone adjusting Carey's appointments. Treatment becomes precarious in this situation, see chapter 7, and therapists may drop or fire borderline patients for this reason. Many therapists will try to limit the number of borderline patients they treat. Sometimes I act crazy. Lies, damned lies, and delusions. Criterion 9. Transient, stress-related paranoid thoughts or symptoms of severe dissociation. The most common psychotic experiences for BPD patients involve feelings of unreality and paranoid delusions. Unreality feelings involve dissociation from usual perceptions. The individual or those around her feel unreal. Some experience a kind of internal splitting, in which they feel different aspects of their personality emerge in different situations. Distorted perceptions can involve any of the five senses. The borderline adult may become transiently psychotic when confronted with stressful situations such as feeling abandoned or placed in very unstructured surroundings for example therapists have observed episodes of psychosis during classical psychoanalysis which relies heavy on free association and uncovering past trauma in an unstructured setting psychosis may also be stimulated by illicit drug use unlike patients with psychotic illnesses such as schizophrenia mania, psychotic depression, or organic slash drug illnesses. Borderline psychosis is usually of shorter duration and perceived as more acutely frightening to the patient and extremely different from his ordinary experience. And yet, to the outside world, the presentation of psychosis and BPD may be indistinguishable in the acute form from the psychotic experiences of these other illnesses. The main difference is duration. Within hours or days, the breaks with reality may disappear as the borderline patient recalibrates to usual functioning, unlike other forms of psychosis. Dr. Jill Sanchez, the on-call psychiatric resident, was summoned to evaluate Lorenzo, a disheveled 23-year-old graduate student brought to the emergency department by his roommate. The roommate described increasing paranoid and bizarre behavior over the last 24 hours. Lorenzo had been under increasing pressure completing his graduate dissertation while confronting family issues since the recent death of his father. He was unable to sleep and was eating little. Lorenzo had begun mumbling to himself, then suddenly yelling at his dissertation advisor as if he were in their apartment. He voiced fears that the university was against him and wanted him to fail. He accused his roommate of being part of the conspiracy. He said he had to leap into a different dimension since he was now no longer existing in this world. In her assessment, Dr. Sanchez uncovered no previous documented psychiatric history or family history of mental illness. A drug screen ruled out drug use. The roommate confirmed no previous unusual behavior, although he did describe Lorenzo as volatile, with occasional extreme mood swings and infrequent disproportionate anger outbursts. Dr. Sanchez admitted Lorenzo to the psychiatric unit with a tentative diagnosis of incipient schizophrenia. She administered a low dose of a sedating antipsychotic, hoping to ease his anxiety and promote sleep. The next morning, Lorenzo appeared to be a different person. Freshly showered and cleaned up, he was calm and responsive to the doctor. His memory of the past two days was spotty, but he confirmed that he had been feeling overwhelmed with school and family stressors. He conveyed embarrassment as he vaguely recalled his agitated and suspicious behavior. He felt the good night's sleep had been a great relief and since he was feeling better, requested discharge so he could return to school. At the doctor's insistence, Lorenzo agreed to stay in the hospital one more day, during which he spent his time helping the nurses with other agitated patients. At discharge, Lorenzo acknowledged his need to better handle school pressure. He also conceded that the death of his father had stirred up much anxiety over past family conflicts. Lorenzo agreed to follow up with a psychiatrist. The Borderline Mosaic BPD is clearly becoming acknowledged by mental health professionals as one of the more common psychiatric maladies in the USA. The professional must be able to recognize the features of BPD to effectively treat large numbers of patients. The layperson must be able to recognize them to better understand those with whom he shares his life. While digesting this chapter, the astute reader will observe that these symptoms typically interact. They are less like isolated lakes than streams that feed into one another. And eventually merge into rivers and then into bays or oceans they are also interdependent the deep furrows etched by these floods of emotions inform not only the borderline character but also parts of the culture in which he lives how these markings are formed in the individual and reflected in our society is explored in the next chapter